0: Hi, it's Brett Phillips here, host of The First Serve, and thank you for downloading the latest edition of Aussies Only, one of our podcast offerings here at The First Serve. You can get your weekly live tennis fix with The First Serve every Monday night on the SCN Radio Network at 7pm Eastern. All the broadcast details of how you can listen can be found at our website, thefirstserve.com.au. Welcome to Aussies Only, the first surf's deeper look inside the game at home, talking to those inside and outside the tramlines.
2: G'day and welcome to this week's episode of Aussies Only, brought to you by Latua Tennis. Latua was founded in 2017 in Melbourne, spearheaded by ex-professional tennis players who lived and breathed the journeyman lifestyle for the better part of a decade. Their experiences of soul-crushing defeats, adrenaline-fueled victories and crazy tour tales have inspired an authentic, creative label that embodies an alternative movement within tennis culture. Their mission is to introduce people to a flamboyant tennis label and provide unique tennis events to support touring professionals and the wider tennis community. Head over to LatourTennis.com to find out more and check out their latest Dig 3 collection. Jed Zetzer here alongside my co-host, the former pro and one of the men behind Latua Tennis, Jake Eames. This week on the show, we chat to Zoe Hives, a country girl who's cracked the world's top 150 and is planning a big return to the tour after a lengthy stint on the sidelines. It's time to hand it over to my co-host
0: to introduce Zoe. Eamesy, bring her in. Yeah, really pumped about today's podcast. She's had an amazing rise inside the world's top 200. Welcome, Zoe Hives.
2: Thank you. Zoe, you grew up in Ballarat. Do you mind telling us about your childhood in Ballarat and how it was
1: growing up there? Yeah, so um, yeah, I'm outside of Ballarat um, on a farm. I love it out here. My dad built a court before my brothers or I were born. So from an early age, um, I was out there with mum and dad having a hit and then kind of kind of progressed from there I went into Ballarat and yeah just just really enjoyed playing tennis and uh, I really enjoyed being out in the country it was really nice and then when I was about 10 I went down to Melbourne to start playing and again went all right and it kind of just kept progressing from there enjoyed it and getting some results.
0: (laughs) Yeah so good you have a bit of a um, I guess a sporting family you have two older brothers I believe play tennis your mum also believe was a state-grade player and your dad a cricketer. How did they influence, I guess, you getting into tennis?
1: Yeah, well, dad building the court was a massive influence. Mum would take me down all the time. Mum's been a massive support, as is my dad, but everyone knows that mum's always with me. She was always taking me down to Melbourne um, to coaching, everything. She's uh, sacrificed a lot of time, um, and I definitely wouldn't be where I am without her or my dad.
2: Zoe, what was the tennis community like growing up in Ballarat?
1: Oh, I loved it. There was a few good boys uh, when I was growing up. So I always had someone to hit with and I actually really enjoyed um, having guys to hit with. They had big serves, big shots. I think it really helped me having slightly older people around that were good. Um, So I could keep training in Ballarat until 16, 17 and still be getting good hits. Yeah.
0: It happens quite a lot as well. In Canberra, I know, from Alison By, got a lot of opportunity to have a lot of that mixed hitting and hitting with guys as well. Do you feel like that was, I guess, helping you keep up with some of the best girls in the state?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it really helped because they just hit that little bit bigger. Um, there, yeah, there were a few girls around, but not a lot in Ballarat. Um, and I, I, ha- I was going pretty well nationally, like I won nationals. Um, 14 and under so yeah like to find someone else that level um girl wise was going to be hard in a small like Ballarat isn't that big not like a city so yeah I needed um to have those guys there to support me and stuff because yeah where else was I going to get a good hit so yeah
0: (laughs) was there a point when you had to make the decision though okay now I've got to get myself to Melbourne
1: yeah I I think it was around 13 14 when when I went well in the Nationals, I started heading down to Melbourne um, with TA a few times. And then when I was 16, I then started with my current coach, Michael Legazzo, who was based in Melbourne. So I would then have to go down a couple of times a week. But yeah, for the rest of the week, I'd hit down here in Ballarat.
2: Michael legazo has been your coach for quite a few years now. What is your connection like with him? I'm sure it's obviously very strong. And what works so well for you two as a team
1: uh yeah michael and i are really close um when i actually started working with him i had pretty much quit just wasn't interested anymore like i just found too much pressure i just i just wanted to have a bit of a normal life i guess and then mum kind of organized a meeting with michael and i just sat down had a chat just where i wanted to go what i wanted to do um just had a few lessons with him and he really helped just get the enjoyment back um so really <laughs> he's kind of why i am yeah why i'm here like uh, how my tennis has gone so well so um yeah it's it's a good relationship i think uh we really listen to each other and just yeah he's he's been great really i can't yeah can't stress that enough
0: do you feel like the enjoyment i guess from working with him has been like the environment he's created or you know the communication between between you two both
1: yeah Yeah. um i really do just have to credit him um yeah i really enjoy working with him he's um i'm not one to work with people who are rah 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 um so i like his energy um Mm. he kind of lets me work hard while pushing me at the same time but yeah i don't feel like i need that external push too much so um just our personalities work well together
2: zoe you reached the top 100 in the junior rankings and made the transition onto the pro circuit For young juniors coming up the ranks today, do you believe it's more beneficial to play more time on the junior circuit or to get into the RTF pro circuit and those events as quickly as possible?
1: Um, Yeah, I didn't play that much juniors. I I had one big year and that one big year actually led to me stopping. (laughs) That was when I kind of stopped with the, uh, just had a break from tennis just because I felt like I had too much pressure. I've always been one to stress that as someone young growing up, um, you should really focus on the process rather than results. It's always been my aim and I feel like that has really really helped me. So I feel like getting into the seniors is probably good as well, uh, the pro circuit, just because they just play differently. I think Um, juniors can be all about winning. Well, the same as um, the pro circuit, but yeah, it's just... It's just you got to develop your game to be able to beat those players rather than in juniors. There was a lot of people that just, I found, poked it back and got it back in and that's not going to get you anywhere. So, mm. yeah, it's, just, it's building your game into something that will get you there even if you lose matches because you're trying to do the right thing. That's all right. It's just building your game into a game that can win further down the track.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like there you really, like, drop back into – enjoying the process to relieve some of the pressure if you don't mind me asking where did you feel like the pressure came from was it you know pressure upon yourself or from you know results and rankings where did you feel the pressure the most from
1: um i felt like it just became all about the results yes Mm. um i had a meeting with someone and they're like oh you could you could go to the u.s juniors and go really well and like they were telling me all these things I could do, and I think it just blew my mind. Um, I was I was 15 at that stage. I was, I was from the country. It's it's just different growing up in the country. I think because there's a part of us down here that's like, oh, can we really do what those city people can do? So, I think it all just got a bit too big for me. I hadn't travelled before 2012, and i have going to Europe, Asia, New Zealand. I just I hadn't travelled before that so the whole experience was kind of mind-blowing and I think it just all got a bit too much.
0: <laughs> it was great you've been able to I guess manage your way through that and get clear and really enjoy the game again and, and manage the pressure that comes with it. We've heard that you love cows and we are just, we're just talking about loving beyond on the farm and you know your love for cows. Can you tell us a little bit about that quickly before we move on?
1: uh yes so when uh, about 10 years ago now um one of our cows had a calf and didn't want to raise it so we had to go and feed it um and stuff so i went all the time to go and give it a drink of milk and it just kind of grew from there i had a pet cow and it's kind of just kept progressing from there as i've made other pet cows from that one pet cow
2: (laughs) That's awesome. That's brilliant. Um, Take us back to the 2019 Australian Open, Zoe. Do you remember the specific moment that you were told you were going to get a Grand Slam wildcard into that tournament?
1: Uh, Yeah, I was um, actually at Melbourne Park just training with my coach uh, and he got a call. So we thought, oh, great, they're calling the coach. This is not going to be good. (laughs) So mum and I were off on the side going, oh, great. Um, and then Michael gets off the off the call and he's like, Oh, you got a wild card and we we're just so happy. We we're just like, Oh, this is this is amazing. And yeah, straight away that meant I got a wild card into Hobart, so we're off booking flights and just yeah, getting everything sorted.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. How was that whole experience, that whole summer obviously playing in Hobart? You caused some upsets um over that whole summer. Do you wanna tell us a little bit about you know, the the inside details of that, how that all went down, if your training changed, just sort of what a summer is like leading into a Grand Slam?
1: Oh, I guess I guess it was the same as any other summer I'd kind of done, I guess, um, went up to Brisbane, won the first round of Qualies there. And then after that, I was just working on stuff and I still hadn't heard about Australian Open yet or Hobart. So we're just working on stuff, just assuming I was going to be playing Gwally's for Aussie Open. Uh, and then, yeah, once that happened, it was just like, oh, this is great. And just, um, I was just trying to enjoy the experience and just take it on the year before I'd played um, doubles with Alison Bite Aussie Open. And I was so nervous for it that I kind of didn't enjoy it necessarily as much as I could have or should have. So Last year, I was just like, nah. I'm going to really enjoy this. I worked with my mindset coach. I uh, got myself into a really good position and just, yeah, went out and really enjoyed it, just took it on.
0: Yeah, and in, in the Australian Open, you played Maddox Sands, um, who's been 30 in the world, and you not only beat her, you absolutely chopped her 6-1, 6-2 from memory. Um, yeah. How was that feeling? What, how did you see the match, and, and did you celebrate after that one or just straight back into recovery?
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I still, my coach still shows me match point of that match. Um, and I still get goosebumps from it actually, cause it's just the biggest moment of my career so far. Mm. Yeah, it was great. I, um, I really, yeah, just don't really know how it happened. Just, uh, worked heaps with my mindset coach, went out and wasn't nervous at all. Just went straight into it. Got a bit nervous. I think it was 4-1 or something in a second. I remember I was serving and was just could barely hit a ball in because I was like, if I win this, I can serve for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, but yeah, straight afterwards it was straight into recovery and just getting ready for the next one. I remember them asking me if I wanted to be on high sense, and I'm like, oh god, no. <laughs> so I went on to show court too. I think it was for the next one, um but yeah, no, the whole thing was amazing. There was heaps of interviews I heard from so many of my friends that I hadn't talked to for you know. Um, People I'd trained with young and stuff. Um, It was just a really nice environment and it was just great to see so many people watching that match, yeah.
2: That's awesome. Zoe, do moments like that spur you on to put in the extra hard yards on the court now for when the tour returns?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, as you probably know, um, I got glandular fever in July last year and then ended up being a post viral condition and so i haven't really been able to do a whole lot this year and moments like that really do just give me that motivation to be like i'll be well again i'll be able to get out there and that's what i want to do again all the exercises i've had to do to get myself back to 100% yeah it's just like that's that really, really gives me motivation to get back out there and do it
0: you've mentioned the glandular fever you've also had some other injuries you know, preventing you from playing. Would you like to take us through a couple of them and if any really impacted you where you thought, okay, like this is a little bit too much?
1: I've been lucky in a way that I've had no major injuries. Um, Unfortunately, I was out for pretty much all of 2016 because I had injury after injury um, and that that got pretty hard uh, just because I was like, okay, I'll be back on court and then something else came up. And then I think this one's been the hardest, the glandular fever, because December, January, I had no idea what was going on. I was doing nothing and I was just getting worse. I was just feeling worse, couldn't concentrate, barely have a conversation. I was just a couch potato practically and I was just like, what is going on? Um, So that was probably the hardest moment just because I didn't know what the plan back was because an injury, you know, it's this, 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 and then you're back on court, but with a health issue, it's just a bit more scary in a way.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I actually suffered glandular fever as well when I was uh, younger, and it is a tricky one because you, you don't know when it's going to go away, and also it's very tricky to treat. What are you doing at the moment to try and help? I guess the symptoms of it because it does lay dormant in your system. Um, it, it, doing things with diet and sleep or what, what are you trying to do to tackle it at the moment?
1: Uh, Yes. So I went to see uh, someone in Melbourne. Um, He actually helped Tyler Wright who had something similar. She had um, influenza, I think though instead, and then she got POTS, which is what I've had and she couldn't do anything. Um, So someone I work with recommended him. I went to see him and he's been great. So, It's been really slowly just getting my nervous system back working properly, really slow exercises, like moving my arms in certain way. At the moment, I have like a laser, I've got to get on the target um, with all these other exercises, watching dots, like just really, it's just more about getting the neural stuff working again Mm. properly, just because my whole system was out of whack my heart rate was going up way too quickly when i stood up which was causing fatigue and dizziness and stuff so yeah it's it's been a lot of weird kind of exercises but hey they've helped so
2: <laughs> how do you keep coming back time after time you've obviously suffered more injuries than most at your age other than obviously moments like you know the australian open uh, in 2019 what spurs you on? What motivates you to keep coming back time after time?
1: It's actually a really good question. <laughs> I don't actually – I don't know if I really know an answer necessarily to that. I just um, just really enjoy playing tennis. I really enjoy the competitive side of it. Just every time, like, I've started hitting again after an injury or after sickness, I just feel like, man, I love this. So I mm. think it's just – I just really love playing tennis. Um. So it's kind of just kept bringing me back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's a really good, simple philosophy there, just that had that love and passion for the game. That'll definitely have some longevity in it. What about right now? You're in lockdown down in Ballarat. Obviously, it's stage three compared to Melbourne stage four. How has that, I guess, impacted what you're doing and what are you currently training or what are you training on to help you get back ready for when the circuit's back?
1: Yes, yeah, so it's made it a bit harder just because I can't see my coach It's down in Melbourne. So that's been a bit harder. Um, but we've just been doing video chats. I've been sending lots of messages, um, videos and stuff. So keeping on top of that. But yeah, still able to hit Ballarat, which is nice. But yeah, I've just, just got to get fit again. Um, mm. It's been a long time now since I've been able to do a lot. Like my first run was this week. Um, so it's just getting fit again um I'm working on a few technical things just while I'm coming back but yeah I've just got a lot of work to do (laughs) have you been
2: able to stay in touch with the fellow Aussie players around Australia and also around
1: the globe at the moment yeah well that's that's what's great about technology these days isn't it um I couldn't imagine going through all these lockdowns what when the Spanish flu went through that would have been hard Mm, um so yeah it's been great um like storm sanders when the first lockdown came in set up a trivia night and stuff so yeah it's been it's been all right being able to talk to people yeah
0: you're 100 right there about technology being able to communicate and it's awesome that you've mentioned that you're you know talking to your coach through zoom or over the phone or whatever to keep i guess developing yourself have you guys set out any goals for returning back on tour
1: not really. Um, I mm. wanted to put pressure on myself um, to get there at a certain stage um, because I don't think that ever helps. Um, I'm doing as much as I can. I don't need, yeah, a time. a, a time. But with all, all this COVID stuff as well, um, I just don't know what it's really going to look like. Uh, I'll have a protected ranking um, of 142 when I get back. But mm. What will the ITFs look like? Because I'll probably want to play a few of those just to get some form back in. Um, playing matches are so different to practice. So uh, I don't even know what it's all going to look like, <laughs> to be honest. So it's kind of just taking it as it comes.
2: That's fair enough. Do you have sort of a time frame when you are hoping to return to the circuit? Do you hope to return maybe this year? Or are you wiping this year out and sort of looking at next year and beyond?
1: No, I'd love to. I'd love to return this year. Um, it's just what tournaments will be on by that stage. Um, so what is it now? August. So yeah, it'll probably be a couple of months of hard training, and then I'll be looking to play some matches. So I just yeah, I'd love to see some tournaments in Australia, but I don't see the government letting anyone in. So I don't know. <laughs> don't know. Yeah, that, how it's gonna work. That, yeah,
2: that's fair. It's a very. It's gonna be very interesting to see sort of how it unfolds and. Yeah, I mean, it's times that are unprecedented and no one knows what's going to happen. Um, mm. Zoe, we see players peaking, you know, in their late 20s, early 30s, even in this day and age. And I guess most players now peaking later in their careers. Are you a strong believer that your best tennis is still ahead of you?
1: Yeah, definitely. There's I've been watching some of my old matches and there's just so much for me to work on still. I see that just changing a few things that I'll be a much better player. Um, so, yeah, I definitely believe that. As you said, like, with all my injuries and everything, even growing up, I don't think I trained or played as much as a lot of the other people. So even though I'll be, I'll be turning 24 soon, I feel like I'm still a young 24 in that sense just because I haven't probably played the hours that some of these other players have. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's great. And you've, obviously we've touched on you've had some experience at the top level of the game and you know at 142 coming back you're, you're so close to cracking that top hundred what do you feel like stands out for those players inside the top hundred you know that helps them maintain their position at the the peak of the game and what could you think you could take to implement into your game?
1: Oh, I think they've all just <laughs> it's just a different level and intensity I've found when I've um, as I've gone up each each step it's just a different intensity they bring a different professionalism to it um so i think just because now i've been exposed to that level for a few more tournaments i just see what it what it's going to take um and i'm implementing that into my training and so much but i think is even just mentally just being switched on for every point um and yeah they know what their strengths are and they play to those strengths
2: absolutely currently obviously said you're training and you're trying to keep your fitness up and doing as best as you can. Is there anyone that you're actually able to hit with? You mentioned your coaches in Melbourne. Are you able to train with anyone or have you got a ball machine? how How is that set up going at the moment?
1: Uh, yes, yeah, so there's um, a couple of younger players in Ballarat. So I've been able to hit with some players there. Also, as I said, my mum played and stuff. So uh, and she's actually, she knows what she's talking about too. So she's kind of become my coach, second coach here. Um, so yeah, she's been helping heaps with feeding and just, yeah, checking everything out.
2: We've asked a lot of players about the tour and the circuit because it takes you around the globe and it takes you to some fantastic places. And it also takes you to some places which you probably hope you don't have to return to again. <laughs> if if you had to pick one place on the tour, which you did not like at all, What would it be?
1: Oh, oh, I probably have two. I, I got food poisoning in Thailand, so that kind of sucked. And there was this other place I went to, which was in... Um, hungry. Once I got there, it was really nice, but traveling there was really hard. I was so lucky that someone spoke English and was able to help me get onto the right train because I probably would have gone the wrong direction. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, the traveling for the ITF circuit particularly can be pretty tough um, when you're starting out. <laughs> Just got to choose your tournaments wisely.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely agree. We've heard about tennis players, you know, sleeping on the floor of train stations and all these different types of stories whilst traveling around overseas at the low end of the circuit. Have you had any of those experiences where it's been quite challenging for you and you've had to, you know, sleep on the floor of a train station or anything like that?
1: Uh, no, I've been very lucky that my parents are been very supportive um, and they've always financially helped me when I've needed it. Um, thankfully, I don't really need that support now. Um, but when I first started out, uh, I wouldn't have been able to do it without my parents' help because I don't know how some of those players do it. I love playing tennis, but I don't know how I'd go sleeping on floors <laughs> boards continuously. I really don't. <laughs>
0: Zoe, thanks so much for giving us a look into your journey. And also, it's, it's very unique being from, you know, Ballarat, the regional uh, district there, um, and how you've made yourself into a professional tennis player, juggling the distance um, and, and seeking out, you know, expert opinions and coaches from elsewhere outside where you live. It's really fantastic what you've done. And thanks so much for joining us today. Best of luck for the future.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me.
2: Thanks, Zoe. That was fantastic. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Well, that's all we've got for you on this week's edition of Aussies Only. We hope you enjoyed the show and look forward to next week's episode. Just a reminder, if you'd like to go back and listen to any previous editions of Aussies Only, you can do so. Subscribe to The First Serve on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your favourite podcast platform to tune in. We hope you enjoyed the show and thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Aussies Only.
0: Subscribe to the first serve via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or your preferred podcast platform to listen at your convenience to all our weekly content, including past editions of Aussies Only, as well as our dedicated commercial radio program each Monday on SEN that you may have missed at 7pm Eastern crunching the numbers and in the huddle produced by study and play usa subscribe to the first serve your home of tennis
1: it's tyre power's big footy final sale to kick things off you can get the power to buy three and get one
0: free on selected toyota passenger car and suv tires tyre power's big footy final sale can't last visit TyPower.com.au now